1: E. G. Marshall. If your candle is burning, a gust of wind will blow it out. If your house is burning, a gust of wind will make the flame hotter and brighter. The wind and the flame. Can it be said they seem to have a kind of love hate relationship? Or should it be said that we simply cannot predict the actions of the elemental forces of nature? In which case, what can we say about ourselves? Isn't each living creature a collection of those very same mysterious
0: and baffling forces?
2: Telephone for you, sir.
0: I don't want to talk to anyone now.
2: Gentleman says it's urgent.
0: Tell him to call back later. I'll do that, sir. Oh, who is it, by the way?
2: Uh, Mr. Wesley Carradine. Who? Mr. Wesley Carradine. Well, that's impossible.
0: Uh, Wesley's been dead
2: six months. But here he is on the phone, sir. You want to talk to him?
1: Our mystery drama, The Wind and the Flame, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Sam Dan and stars Celeste Holm. It is sponsored in part by Sign Off, The Sinus Medicines, and Buick Motor Division. I'll be back shortly with Act One. said Sigmund Freud, is the perception of the rejection of a particular wish operating within us. And I take his word for it, on faith. However, I much prefer the definition by Robert Louis Stevenson, who revealed the heart of the matter when he said, conscience is the one thing I cannot bear. Well, as you can see, this is going to be a story about conscience. Conscience. And the best place to begin a story is at the beginning. That's a rule. And rules were meant to be broken. We shall begin ours neither at the beginning nor the end, but somewhere in between.
0: Uh, yes?
2: Is this the residence of Mr. Arthur Randolph Hale? It is. Oh, oh, you're Mr. Hale. I recognized you. What is it you want? From your pictures. They've been in the paper. What can I do for you? Well, I... I have a letter for you. Oh,
0: uh, well, uh, please come in. Uh, won't you have a seat, Mrs... Uh...
2: It's Miss. Uh... Unfortunately, I have never known wedded bliss. <laughs> Although, to tell the truth, when one looks around, one is hard put to believe that marriage is really blissful. What do you think, Mr. Hale?
0: Well, I think that I should like to see that letter. Of
2: course, of course. Here it is. From Mrs. Terwilliger.
0: Penelope Terwilliger?
2: Yes. Mr. Gerald Terwilliger's wife. I should say his widow. Oh, uh,
0: thank you. Excuse me.
2: Oh, mm. I see you're having trouble reading it, as you know. Her handwriting... That woman
0: does it deliberately. It was always her affectation to have an illegible script.
2: Well, you can try to squint and probe your way through it, but uh, I can save you the trouble. I know what's written there. You do? Yes, Mr. Hale. It's a reference.
0: A reference?
2: A reference and a, a recommendation. For what? For employment. But for whom? For me.
0: What sort of employment? Uh, don't tell me that you're a, a mining engineer. No, sir. A geologist? A, a draftsman? A surveyor? A me- metallurgist? I'm a... none
2: of those. Well, what are you? A housekeeper. And I might add, a very good
0: one. I don't want a housekeeper.
2: That may be, but you need one.
0: Huh? Who says so?
2: Mrs. Terwilliger in in her letter. I know it by heart. I'll tell you what it says.
0: This is a sealed envelope addressed to me. How would you know what's in it?
2: I made it my business to find out. After all, it's about me. Well, of all the... She writes, Dear Arthur, now that Gerald is gone, I have decided to close the house and travel abroad for a year. This leaves my very valuable and trusted housekeeper, Miss Sabina Caldwell at Liberty. Arthur, I know how you always felt about me. Now that I'm alone, I keep thinking more and more about your proposal. However, you have lived by yourself too long. You have developed slothful habits in that large, neglected house of yours. And so, I send you Miss Caldwell in the hope that she can civilize you. She will see that you eat regular meals, keep your place in order, and altogether tame you and make you fit for human society. I think I love you, Penelope. She
0: she wrote that?
2: I'm prepared to start immediately, Mr. Hale. My trunk is just outside the door. Now, wait a minute. I haven't said that you can. As soon as the trunk can be brought into my room, I should like to inspect the kitchen. But you just can't walk in here it's and... only you knew how she would sit and talk to me. For hours and hours on end. And she would talk about you. Me? With a sigh in her voice and a twinkle in her eye. Yes, she would say I chose Gerald Terwilliger. I was young. I was foolish. If only I had to do it over again. There was a young engineer, Arthur Randolph Hale. What a fine, impressive name. And what a fine, impressive man he's become. A man of action, adventure. I'll pick that up. Uh,
0: Hold on.
2: No gentleman ever answers his own telephone. Oh, excuse me, sir. Are you in or out? Am I in? Do you wish or do you not wish to speak with anyone at this time?
0: You mean that Penelope would actually talk about me? Oh,
2: yes, at great length and considerable depth.
0: Will you get rid of that telephone, please?
2: That, sir, was my original suggestion. I
0: don't care who it is. Tell him that I'm, I'm I'm out to call back later.
2: Yes, sir. Mr. Hale's residence. Who is calling, please? Oh, I'm sorry, sir, but Mr. Hale is out at the moment. Do you want him to return your call? Oh, I see you cannot be reached. Yes, sir. I'll say that you'll call him back. Thank you, sir. Goodbye. It was a Mr. Carradine. Will you now tell me what
0: Penelope Terwilliger said about me?
2: Oh, it's not what she said, so much as the way she said it. Now hold on. It's a matter of news. Wait. Wait. Who
0: I mean, who was on the phone just now?
2: Mr. Carradine? Carradine? Carradine. Yes, sir. That was the gentleman's name. But it's
0: impossible.
2: I'm afraid I don't understand. Uh, You're
0: you're sure that he said Carradine?
2: Certainly, sir.
0: Did he happen to mention his first name?
2: Mr. Hale, are you feeling all right? Answer me. Yes, yes, he did. Wesley. Wesley? He said, hello, this is Wesley Carradine. Is A.R. there? He
0: he asked for A.R.?
2: That is you, isn't it? Arthur Randolph Hale?
0: The man's voice, was it? Young, old, middle-aged?
2: Well, you know how difficult it is to tell those things over the telephone.
0: Well, try. How old a man would you say that he was?
2: Well, not very old.
0: What do you mean by not very old?
2: Sir, I don't think you should excite yourself.
0: how old a man was it?
2: Well, I would say he was about 30. Oh,
0: 30. I see. You're sure 30?
2: Well, as far as one can ever be
0: sure of these things.
2: Now, I think you had better sit down and try to calm yourself. Yes,
0: but how would you how would you describe his voice?
2: I would say it was in the middle range, but on the lowish, throaty side.
0: Did he have an accent?
2: An accent? No, it sounded American enough.
0: Was there anything about it?
2: Wait. It did have an accent.
0: Uh, what kind?
2: Well, I'm not sure it would really be called an accent. It was more of a lilt. It's
0: a lilt. Uh,
2: Sort of a southern rhythm. Very musical. It can't
0: be true. It simply cannot be true.
2: What can't be true? It
0: can't be Wesley Carradine.
2: Why not?
0: Because, because Wesley Carradine is dead.
2: Well, if that's true. Of
0: course it's true. He's dead. It It was in the papers. It was in all the papers.
2: Well, sometimes the press... And I don't say they do this deliberately, but there are times when they do exaggerate. But he's
0: dead. There couldn't be any doubt about it. He, he was murdered.
2: Well, then it must be another Wesley Carradine.
0: Are you saying that there were two of them? Two men named Wesley Caradine? It's
2: possible.
0: Two Wesley Carradines, both 30 years of age, both with soft southern accents, both who would know me and call
2: me A.R., You're positive Wesley Carradine is dead. Well, I was the one who identified the body. Oh, what a terrible moment that must have been for you. But why were you the one to do that?
0: Well, because he worked for me.
2: I see. Didn't he have a family?
0: Yes, he had folks living on the East Coast somewhere. Well, he wasn't close with them.
2: Mr. Hale, I begin to be troubled by the tone in your voice. I begin to hear the sound of hysteria. You... You must get hold of yourself It
0: was Wesley Carradine It was Wesley
2: It couldn't be If Wesley is dead But uh, There are no buts We live in a world of uncertainty and doubt What we believe in may turn out to be matchstick temples built on quicksand But of this we can be sure The dead do not telephone the living
0: Well, How can I be sure he is dead when when he
2: he Will you excuse me for just a little while, sir? Where are you going? Don't
0: leave me alone here Don't answer it
2: now, sir, you are reacting in a most immature manner. Mr. Hale's residence. I beg your pardon. I'm sorry, sir. You have a wrong number. Who was that? You heard me, a wrong number.
0: You are lying.
2: I'm not used to being called a liar.
0: Uh, he just called back.
2: Now, Mr. Hale. Uh, he
0: was on the phone again. Wesley Carradine was on the phone again.
2: Please, sit down, Mr. Hale. Please, and Listen. A man has just called you twice within the past few minutes. Uh Aha, you admit it. A man who says his name is Wesley Carradine. Did you hear that? A man who says his name is Wesley Carradine. Why should anyone lie about... Someone with a very unhealthy sense of humor and a wretched taste in practical jokes. Now, who would want to play a trick like that on you? I don't know. It is a trick, a bad joke, and you must put it from your mind. But... But what? Mr. Wesley Carradine is dead, isn't he? Yes, but I... Then there's nothing more to be said. Now, I understand the telephone company has a number, a special number to call if you require help in preventing harassing phone calls. Why don't you tend to that while I look in the kitchen and see about dinner? What's that? Well, I would assume it was the front door. Don't answer it. Why not? Who do you expect it to be? Excuse me.
0: Yes? Who's there?
2: Well, that's Don. Who is it? There's no one here. What are you talking about? See for yourself. (laughs) <laughs> do you know what must have happened? Some child must have just played a prank. Rang the bell and ran away. No.
0: No. Look. On the step.
2: Oh. It's a small box. Don't pick it up. Don't. Why not? Well,
0: how do you know what it is?
2: Well, let's open it and find I'll out. Open it? Your name is on it. Look. Mr. A.R. Hale. 1737 East 54th Street.
0: Oh, there's something wrong. Very wrong, Miss Caldwell.
2: You'll catch your death standing out here in this cold. Let's take this inside. Shall you open it? Well, all right. I'll do the honors. I wonder what it could be. Oh, oh my goodness! It's a revolver, and there's a card enclosed. It's addressed to you. Why don't you read it?
0: I. I... What
2: does it say? Let me see. Use it well. Well, now that's an odd thing to say about a revolver. Use it well. Must be something written on the other side too. What does
0: that say? One is all you need. Wesley. Oh, Wesley.
1: You have to say one thing for Brother Wesley. He gets around. What makes Wesley all the more remarkable is the fact that his home base is the grave. There will be a widening of Wesley's theater of operation when I return shortly with Act Two. can't be in two places at the same time, especially if one of them happens to be the grave. However, someone named Wesley Carradine seems to be extremely active, even though he is no longer alive. Now, wait a minute, some of you may be saying, has it been definitely established that Wesley is dead? Hmm. We'll take care of that in short order
2: that a real revolver? Wait, don't touch it. Fingerprints. Mr. Hale, some vicious person is out to destroy you. Use it
0: well. One is all you need, Wesley. Where,
2: where are you going, Mr. Hale?
0: I, I have to see something for myself.
2: Mr. Hale! What what are you looking for?
0: Ah, uh, yes. Here they are. Some letters, some notes in Wesley's handwriting. You see? You see, isn't it obvious?
2: Isn't what obvious?
0: The writing is
2: the same. Nonsense. As you
0: can see, Wesley Carradine wrote this card.
2: This is a job for an expert. You and I are going to the police station. Why? Because something of a criminal nature is taking place. But that
0: is Wesley's
2: handwriting. It is not Wesley's handwriting. Wesley is dead. Now, sir, you happen to be very important to the future happiness of a woman to whom I owe a great deal, Mrs. Penelope Terwilliger she has sent me here to take care of you until she can come back to America. I seem to have walked into the midst of some... well, very troublesome situation. I'm here to stand by you in every way I can. And the first thing we have to do is to go to the police.
3: Guys, will you come in, please?
2: Thank you, Lieutenant Bauer. Mr. Hale? All right.
3: All right. Uh, Just uh, please be seated. Now, there were uh, no fingerprints on the gun. Of course not. How can a corpse leave fingerprints? Well, there was a live bullet in one of the chambers, and the other five were empty. Use it well. One is all you need. Uh, And on the understanding
2: that we have an affair.
3: Wesley it. He sent me his revolver.
0: Don't you see? He sent me his revolver.
2: Well, now, why would he do that? Assuming, of course, that what you're saying is true. uh,
3: I don't know. Uh, Now, look, uh, Mr. Hale... Wesley Carradine was murdered exactly six months ago. Now, you know that. Yes, but I... Ah, I was involved in that case myself. The facts cannot be in dispute. Your chauffeur stopped by Mr. Carradine's apartment at 8 a.m. that morning to pick him up. There was no answer to the bell. The door was open. The chauffeur went in, found the place ransacked, and Mr. Carradine dead of a bullet wound. Now, that's where we were, and that's where we are.
2: Is everyone absolutely positive that the dead man was Wesley Carradine? Uh, Miss Caldwell, uh, is that your name? Yes. Yeah,
3: well, your police department appreciates, even solicits assistance from the citizens of this metropolis, but uh, please don't be an amateur detective. We have enough problems as it is.
2: Well, you are satisfied that the dead man was Wesley Carradine, Lieutenant? Yes, I am. Why? Did you know Mr. Carradine personally? Well,
3: what does this have to do with... Did it? you
2: know him personally? Well, no. Then how could you be positive the dead man was Wesley Carradine?
3: (laughs) No, look, he was identified by the chauffeur and by Mr. Hale.
2: What other identification did you look for?
3: Other identification? Uh,
2: Yes, a murder is committed. A corpse is found. Two men say this is the body of a Mr. Wesley Carradine. On the basis of that testimony, you are satisfied that he is... Actually, what's the Carradine?
3: Uh, Mr. Carradine was, as we were given to understand, more or less a stranger in
2: town. As you were given to understand by whom? By uh, by Mr. Hale. Uh, Miss
3: Caldwell, what
0: are, you, what are you trying to do to me? What are you trying to insinuate? I, I thought that you were on my side.
2: I am, to the finish. I'm only trying to establish that we blithely accept a fact, which may be found to be an illusion. But why would I lie? What motive would I... Mr. I'd... Hale, please. I have a mission to preserve your sanity. Uh, a mission, Miss Caldwell? Well, it's a private matter that does not concern the police. I'm trying, Mr. Hale, desperately to somehow establish the fact that Mr. Carradine is still alive. What made the chauffeur so sure the body was Mr. Carradine? Uh, Miss
3: Caldwell, what you're trying to do is...
2: Could collect... we talk to the chauffeur again?
3: There was no doubt about that body.
2: Well, why can't we talk to the chauffeur? But
0: because, well, because he's hes dead. He was—he was He was killed in an accident last week.
2: Mr. Hale... There have just been a number of upsetting events, and you are quite disturbed by them. I can only hope to prove somehow that Mr. Carradine is still alive, that you were mistaken in your identification, because if he is actually dead...
0: He is dead. I knew him very well.
2: Why was no attempt made to notify next of kin? Because we we didn't know any. Where did Mr. Carradine come from? I don't know. Then actually it would seem... (laughs) You knew very little about Mr. Carradine. That is right.
0: I gathered that he had left home in disgrace.
2: Disgrace?
0: He hinted at some sort of misunderstanding. Anyhow, he never wanted to speak about it. He said that he was starting a new life.
2: Why would anyone want to kill him?
3: Uh, Miss Caldwell, we have been through all this as part of our routine homicide investigation.
2: That may be the trouble. You treat it as routine. A human being has been murdered. Not only are you ignorant as to who may have done it, it appears now you can't even be sure of the identity of the corpse.
3: We are sure. Excuse me. A man was murdered. We we know that for a fact, and we found a corpse. The body was identified as that of Wesley Carradine. Okay. Uh, Wesley Carradine might not have been his right name, but he was the man who had worked for Mr. Hale here. Now, that man is dead. He was killed by a person, all persons presently unknown who then stole everything of value from his person and his apartment. Mr. Carradine is dead. But then how do you account for the telephone call, uh, for this revolver with his name on it? Oh,
2: come now, Mr. Hale. What was to prevent someone from buying a revolver and having Mr. Wesley Carradine's name engraved on
3: it? Uh, According to the number on this revolver, it was registered in the name of Wesley Carradine.
2: Lieutenant... Anybody could buy a revolver and register it under Wesley Carradine's name. Uh,
3: No, no, no. In the first place, the registration dates back three years. And in the second place, only the actual applicant can register the weapon because he has to be fingerprinted. Uh, We have verified Mr. Carradine's fingerprints. Oh, and uh, there is another thing. Yes. Our handwriting expert says she is certain beyond the shadow of a doubt that the card was written by Wesley Carradine.
2: Lieutenant Bauer, hmm? I am certain there must be an explanation.
3: Well, there may be harassment here, and not... Uh, we'll look into it. You well, know, how do you propose to look into it? Oh, that is a good question. I wish I had an answer.
2: Why would Wesley Carradine threaten from the grave, assuming that this is what's taking place? I, I, I don't know. Well, come, Mr. Hale, there must be a reason.
0: Well, he didn't... he didn't like me. Ah,
2: well, now, Why?
0: Quite frankly, he thought that I, I drove him too hard. I paid him too little, and I expected too much. And did you? Well, well I suppose so. But I'm just as strict on myself. You know, i tell you what I believe. And you can make anything out of this that you please. He probably resents the fact that... that he is dead,
3: and I'm still alive.
2: Mr. <laughs> If he's dead, he can't resent anything.
3: Uh, look, 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 I don't know how the police department fits into all this. Now, I can only assume that we have malicious mischief. And I've got to take down some particulars. Now, uh, <clears throat> how many servants in your employ besides Miss Caldwell here? I'm the only one. Uh-huh. And how long have you worked for Mr. Hale? How long?
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, I'd say about An hour.
3: <laughs> an hour. <laughs> How did you get the job?
2: I was sent to Mr. Hale by a friend of his, Mrs. Penelope Terwilliger.
3: Uh, Mrs. Penelope Terwilliger. Mm
2: -hmm.
3: Well, I, uh, I'll see what we can do.
2: Mr. Hale. What is it? You must come down for breakfast.
0: No, I'm not hungry.
2: You haven't eaten in two days. The phone rang this morning
0: at, 6 30, didn't it?
2: Yes, it did. Matter of fact.
0: Who was it? He called again, didn't he? Huh? And what did he say?
2: Does it matter? Why do you allow yourself. I knew
0: who it was the minute I heard the phone ring. You did? Yes.
2: Then why didn't you answer it?
0: Hmm? Because, because I, I can't.
2: That way you'd know for sure if it's his voice.
0: What did he say?
2: Mr. Hale, I have a problem I can't help. And it gets me into all kinds of trouble. Put yourself in my position. I hear a phone. I answer it. I report it's a man. I describe the voice. You become terrified. Why? Because you insist it's a man who's six months dead. Now, here is where my problem comes in. I make deductions from facts. And I speak my mind. I see you react in such a violent manner. You're so distraught. I cannot help but suspect you have a feeling of guilt. Uh,
0: Guilt? Why should I have a feeling of guilt?
2: Sir, were you... or were you not responsible for that man's death?
0: He was killed by the robbers. We
2: don't know that for a fact. What are you trying to imply? I don't even think I'm implying it. I state it as a fact. You killed Mr. Wesley Carradine. How do you dare to... We could to, settle this with a yes or no.
0: Well, well the answer is a definite no. Now, no, I hope that you're satisfied.
2: Sir, all I'm saying to you is that your reaction tends to arouse suspicion.
0: Well, what do you expect? I, I was very close with Wesley toward the end. And I was just, well, I was caught so completely off guard. Well, has it ever happened to you? You're, you're, you're hit from the blind side without warning?
2: If your conscience is clear, then you must not behave as if it were guilty.
0: Well, no one's conscience is ever entirely clear.
2: But you cannot behave as if you were the man who murdered him. Well, first thing you need is a good breakfast. Wesley Carradine is dead. You are probably upset because you might have been kinder to him. Isn't that so? Yes. Be kinder to someone in the future, and you will have learned from his death. And now, for breakfast. Oh, yes,
0: yes, I'm, I'm starved. Oh, Miss Caldwell, what, what would I ever do without you? Oh, God, that, 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 that's the telephone. Naturally. You, you answer it.
2: Lay the matter to rest, Mr. Hale. You answer it.
0: Miss Caldwell, I give you back your very own words. No gentleman ever answers his own telephone.
2: Very well, sir. Mr. Hale's residence? Oh, it's you again. Never mind that. Before you even get started, you're playing a nasty little illegal game. We have the police and the phone company alerted. Sooner or later, you're going to be caught. Then, my friend, it's the jail or the asylum for the likes of you. Goodbye. I guess I told him. It, uh...
0: It was that voice?
2: Yes, that ignorant and vicious person. Now, you know the best way to handle these people.
0: Uh, what did he say?
2: Don't even talk to them. As soon as you know who it is, hang up.
0: But what did he say?
2: What does it matter? Sooner or later, they get tired of the game. Their minds are too fragile to have any staying power.
0: He must have said something. He identified himself as as Wesley Carradine. Oh,
2: yes. But I know his voice by now.
0: But did he say anything else?
2: I wasn't listening. Now, some hot coffee? Cereal, eggs, bacon, toast. Get back into the real world, Mr. Hale, and stay there.
0: You're a remarkable woman.
2: Eat your breakfast. Um, I I wonder... I just wonder who that voice is. Good. We make progress. Till now, you had deluded yourself into thinking it was actually the voice of Wesley Carradine, whoever he was. Now you acknowledge a rational explanation.
0: Mm. Well, it's obviously a prank.
2: I used to work for a doctor. He said... Miss Caldwell, the body, the mind, whichever, is attacked by a germ or a neurosis. It retreats at first. And then it summons all of its strength to repel the invader. Now, that's what has just happened to you. The practical instincts of a lifetime have just come to your assistance and rescued you from being overcome by superstition. Yes, of
0: course. I'm interested in knowing what he did say, however...
2: Not very much. He said his name. I mean, his alleged name. Asked for you and said he wanted to discuss a project. Huh?
0: Uh, what sort of project?
2: Said you would know about it. He gave it a name. A name? Yes. He said it was the the Langley Jewett proposal. Um.
0: The what?
2: Well, I think that's what he said. Jewett Langley, or was it Langley Jewett? I don't. Mister Hale. Oh. Mister Hale. What's wrong, Mister Hale?
1: Mr Hale has just collapsed on the floor. That's for starters. It seems that he has been knocked unconscious by the mention of a name. Now, what's in a name? the poet asks. The answer quite obviously is it all depends on whose name. We'll name some more names when I return shortly with act 3. Mightier than the sword. And the word, it seems, is weightier than the fist. If you want to strike a knockout blow, perhaps a good look can be more destructive than a right hook. The greatest wounds may be those that leave absolutely no outside scarring. On with our story.
2: Uh, Mr. Hale! Mr. Hale. Uh, what, what? Don't say anything. Just, just drink
0: this. I. You, 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 said that Wesley called and.
2: No, sir. Wesley did not call. But you just said. I said a voice that claimed to be Wesley. Now drink this. He,
0: he, he wanted to talk about about Langley Jewett.
2: You're going to be all right,
0: Langley Jewett. He did say Langley Jewett,
2: Mister Hale. Oh. You must relax. How well, can I relax? Because you had a bad experience. It was the voice
0: of Wesley Caradine. We
2: know that's impossible. But don't you see?
0: Only Wesley Caradine and I knew about Langley Jewett.
2: Are you positive? Of course. What is Langley Jewett?
0: What? Oh, well, it's 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 a well, it's a mine. It's an old abandoned silver mine. Yes. You see, it's supposed to be all played out, and we could pick it up for peanuts.
2: What does that mean?
0: Wesley discovered that there's a whole untapped load. Oh. Millions and millions of dollars worth of silver. And
2: this was your secret?
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, Wesley's and mine.
2: How do you know someone else didn't find out?
0: Nobody could have found out.
2: How can you be sure?
0: Because I just closed the deal for the mine myself.
2: And what does that prove? Uh,
0: you don't understand. If, if, if anyone else had been wise, I could never have... Well, I could never have stolen that mine.
2: Stolen?
0: Well, that's a figure of speech.
2: Well, then why did you make it sound like a shady transaction?
0: Is it shady to pick up a property as cheaply as you can?
2: What you're saying is that you were able to buy Langley Jewett because only you and Wesley Carradine knew its true value. Yes. Obviously, this person who just called knows something about it also.
0: That, that, that is why that person has to be Wesley
2: Carradine. If Wesley Carradine called you, then he can't be dead. But... He is. I know that he is. How can you be so certain? After all, for reasons of his own, Wesley may have wanted to disappear. He murdered someone who may have resembled him. Left that someone's body in his apartment. You and your chauffeur make the natural assumption. The apartment is Wesley's. The body looks like Wesley's. Therefore, it must be Wesley's. No,
0: no, no. That's not not what happened. It was Wesley's.
2: My dear Mr. Hale, most of our assumptions are based not on absolute truth, but what... Seems to be, apparently. Oh, will you shut up? Mr. Hale, I know you're upset, but I cannot admit... Well,
0: just, permit... just, just stop talking for a minute, will you? Just stop acting as if you know everything. You're always gabbing away, no wonder you never got married.
2: I don't believe that my personal affair... But you
0: never had an affair, either. You, you couldn't stop talking long enough. Will you listen to me a minute? Wesley Carradine is dead. You know how I know? I'll tell you. He is dead because I killed him. Mr. Hale. So you don't have to say anything. You really have nothing to add to this conversation. I killed Wesley Carradine. you realize
2: what you're saying? Yes, I know what I'm saying. you realize I could go to the police? Oh, no. No, you won't go. You intend to stop me by force? Yes.
0: You see, there's there's a gun on my dresser. Wesley's gun. It's got a bullet in it. I could kill you, but I don't have to. Because you will not go to the police. How
2: can you be so sure?
0: What? Because you wouldn't betray me.
2: I have a higher obligation as a citizen.
0: Well, it wouldn't do you any good. All you have is your unsupported word. I can deny it. Miss Caldwell, the police investigated that murder
2: very thoroughly.
0: I was a routine suspect. I had an unshakable alibi I, I, I had spent that evening with with a young lady.
2: She can be found. That alibi can be broken. But well, she has
0: since disappeared into the vast anonymity of her kind and class.
2: Isn't it possible she may return one day for blackmail? Well,
0: I have information concerning her, which could be as damaging as anything she could say about me.
2: Mr. Hale, I'll be leaving. Leaving? I don't want to stay in a house with a murderer. But you
0: can't leave me here alone.
2: You've always lived here alone.
0: I cannot be alone now.
2: You're a murderer.
0: But you can't prove it.
2: Of course not. And that means the state can't punish you. But there is another punishment. There is another retribution. You'll never know a moment's peace for the rest of your life. You will always hear Wesley Carradine's voice. You will always see his face. Oh, Miss
0: Caldwell, please listen. You don't know how it is.
2: You broke a man-made law. You violated a God-given commandment.
0: I did. I, I know that I did.
2: Then take your punishment. Take
0: your punishment. You can say that. That's what strong people say. That's... You know, that's what, that's what Wesley said. Take your punishment.
2: What punishment, Mr. Hale?
0: I needed that mind. That, that Langley Jewett mine. Everything else had gone down the drain.
2: You had been losing other people's money. You faced a day of reckoning. How did you know? Oh, it's all too familiar a situation. A trustee, an executor, an administrator. You act... You act as all three in many cases. You were false to your trust. Don't say it.
0: It's enough that Wesley said it. I didn't know that I was going to kill Wesley. I didn't dream of it. I I stopped by at his apartment that night just to check out some routine affairs, and he... He he what? He said... I'll never forget the way he said it.
3: We're not going to steal that mine, Arthur. What? We'll offer ten million. What are you talking about? Well, now, fifteen would even be more fair. Should I get a doctor... That, that, that's what we'll offer. We have an option
0: to buy that mine for $30,000. No, but that would be stealing. Oh, you're crazy. Well,
3: to knowingly buy something for the tiniest fraction of its worth is to cheat. But it's legal and legitimate business. It's cheating. Oh, and you never cheated in your life, huh? Yes, much too often and far too often. Now, Mrs. Jewett is a widow. She has children to support and educate. Now, we are stealing from her. What happened to you all of a sudden? I feel that I want to go home. I have to go home. I wrote my folks
0: expecting me. Now, look, I have losses I have to make up. I,
3: I can go to jail. Oh, I am sorry, but if you keep sailing so close to the wind, sooner or later the boat tips over. Well, what are you going to do? Now, forget all about this fancy philosophy. Tomorrow morning, I'll call on Mrs. Jewett and I'll tell her we intend to make a realistic offer for the mine. But she is happy to get 30000 My mind is made up. Millions? You'll offer millions? Where will we get those millions? We'll operate the mine and pay as we go. No, I won't do it. Now, look, I am innocent deep as you are. We both have to pay a price. Well, I won't let you. I am sorry. There is nothing you can do about it. But
0: there was something that I could do about it. I went home. I got my revolver. I went back there and I shot him. Then I ransacked the place to make it appear to be robbery. The police investigated for a few weeks and then it was filed and forgotten.
2: Perhaps it wasn't forgotten by Wesley Carradine. He's been trying to talk to you.
0: Oh, no. No, no, no. It's my imagination. Oh, I feel better now. I had to talk to someone. I had to confess to someone, and now I feel better. The weight is off of my soul. It's all in my imagination, and I can control that.
2: Tell that to Wesley Carradine. He wants to talk to you. Oh,
0: no, no. It's off my imagination.
2: I hear the phone. It's not in my imagination. I defy you. Pick up that phone. Talk to him. Talk to the man you murdered.
0: No. No, I
2: can't. Then I'll tell him. Yes, I know who it is. He says he will not talk to you. Very well, I'll tell him.
0: What? What are you going to tell me?
2: He wants to see you.
0: No, I don't want to. I can't see him.
2: Then confess you killed him. I did. Not to me. I don't count. Confess to the police. No,
0: don't make me do that.
2: If you want to know peace, you'll have to do that. Or... Or what? Do what he told you in his note when he sent you the gun. Use it well. One is all you need. Oh, no. No, never. It has to be one way or the other. What's that? You know what that is. The doorbell. Are you expecting anyone? Of course you are. Will you let him in or shall I? No,
0: tell him to go away.
2: I can't tell him to go away. You can How? Confess to the police or follow his advice. No, I won't do it. You don't scare me. You're just a thing in my imagination. You go scare me. I was downstairs in the kitchen, Lieutenant. He was upstairs in his room. He was terribly upset. I heard a shot. I was frightened. I ran upstairs, and there he was, lying in bed with the revolver beside him.
3: You uh, say he was depressed. He wasn't himself.
2: Well, you saw that, Lieutenant, when he was in your office. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. I am convinced that he killed Wesley Carradine. You are? Yeah. You get a hunch about people in my work. You know, unfortunately, you don't always get the evidence to back it. So uh, I said to myself, here is a clear case of conscience bringing the man down.
2: It does look that way. He confessed the murder to me.
3: Yeah, yeah. I guess that's about the size of it. Except... Why should his conscience have started to bother him? Who knows? Maybe you know. Me? Well, I have a theory. I don't want to bother running it down because I have too much else to do. And this case wraps up very neatly. You want to hear my theory? I'd love to. But you say you were recommended to Mr. Hale by uh, Mrs. Penelope uh, Terwilliger. Mm -hmm. Now, what if I were to get in touch with Mrs. Terwilliger and ask her to verify that? What would she say?
2: You won't know unless and until you ask her.
3: Uh, well, I don't want to do that because if she says I don't know her, Miss Caldwell, uh, I have all no involvement. I see. Uh, now about the phone calls, you are the only one who ever answered the phone, and you are the only one who ever heard that voice. You are the one who said it called itself Wesley Carradine.
2: That's what it said to me, Lieutenant. Yeah, well, let me go
3: a little further. The revolver. Oh, You could have sent it to Mr. Hale.
2: But it was obviously Wesley Carradine's. Where would I have gotten it? No, well, I'll answer that
3: question in just a moment. And the card.
2: Where could I have gotten a card with his handwriting?
3: Where? <laughs> From a Mother's Day present or a birthday present. You might have saved it.
2: What are you saying?
3: If your name is uh, Mrs. Carradine, everything falls into place. Now, uh, you would have the old gun. You would have cars from old gifts. Oh, incidentally, what did he once buy you that he inscribed with, Use it well, one is all you need. <laughs> well, you would know enough valid inside things about Wesley which uh, you might use to frighten Hale.
2: It certainly is a fascinating theory. Oh,
3: it gets better. Now, we are summoned to this address. We find Hale dead, a bullet wound apparently self-inflicted. Now, he could have been napping. He could have been shot from very close range, what we call uh, suicide distance.
2: Yes, I I understand you found his fingerprints on the revolver.
3: Well, why shouldn't we? <laughs> if somebody put the gun in his hand afterward.
2: Oh, yes, it's a fascinating theory. Tell me, Lieutenant, what happens to theories like yours? Well, in this
3: case, it appears open and shut. A man commits suicide. Now, I know for a fact he's been depressed. his conscience has been bothering him. But why do I have to go running around looking for complications? huh What do you think:
2: I think you're a most sagacious and sensitive police officer, and I want to thank you very much. <laughs>
1: Thank him for what? Who knows? So who killed Mr. Arthur Randolph Hale? His own hand, guided by remorse, or Miss Caldwell? Or is she Mrs. Carradine? You have as much evidence as we do. Why should we perform all the work? I shall return shortly. ago, when this particular story began, we spoke about the wind and the flame. How the same wind can kill or give greater life to a blaze. And so it is within ourselves. We are the flame, our conscience is the wind, and we blaze or sputter according to those forces within us. We do a lot of blazing and a little bit of sputtering, just to give it variety, seven times a week, right here. Our cast included Celeste Holm, Norman Rose, and Earl Hammond. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. Now, a preview of our next tale. It's right, recording
0: a
3: vibration
0: with with an amplitude of nearly 60 millimeters. Preliminary tremors already, but,
3: but our calculations... No, 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 no. It's too strong for that. What's the depth? It's uh, only 70 feet. But I don't get it. What? Well, look where it's coming from. Transpose the coordinates. The valley? But that's safe ground. It's solid bedrock. And it seems to be moving at a steady pace. It... Good Lord. What? Look at the screen. Look where it's, it's headed. Straight toward the fault line. What's the amplitude now? It's uh, still 60 millimeters. Still? Are you sure? Whatever it is of 60 millimeters, it's still strong enough that if it comes into contact with the fault... Wait, wait, hang on. No, no, I'm calling the mayor. And if he won't listen, I'm calling the National Guard. It's no use, Sam. If it's the real thing, it's too
1: late. Radio Mystery Theater was sponsored in part by Buick Motor Division and sign off the sinus medicines mrs eg marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre until next time pleasant dreams